Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat them up. Enjoy. Welcome to Feeling It, everyone. So... Before we get started, let's go around and introduce ourselves. And when you do, in honor of this episode's topic, why don't we each share what our favorite line of dialogue from George Clooney's Ocean's Eleven is? Lucas. I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from the Bay Area. Um, And my favorite line of dialogue has to be this one. Okay. I ask you a question. You have to think of the answer. Where do you look? No good. You look down, they know you're lying. And up, they know you don't know the truth. Don't use seven words when four will do. Don't shift your weight. Look always at your mark, but don't stare. Be specific, but not memorable. Be funny, but don't make him laugh. He's got to like you and then forget you the moment you've left his sight. And for God's sake, whatever you do, don't under any circumstance. Russ. Yeah. Can you take a look at this? Sure. That's my favorite. Yeah. It just, It just like, it talks about the specific nature of what they're needing to do and yet has a lot of good comedy moments in it. Yeah, I adore it. Lawson, what about you? I am Lawson Soward. I'm an art director in Nashville, Tennessee. And I think my favorite line is uh, when Danny and Rusty are talking. Saul makes 10. 10 ought to do it, don't you think? You think we need one more? You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. Like, just the essence of how cool these people are that they can just communicate without speaking they just have to stand there wearing amazing clothes and their friend knows what they mean um it shows a lot of backstory like it just shows how good of friends they are like how close they are oh absolutely and it's so it's like this secret really cool language between these awesome thieving friends so um i think that quick scene those lines really epitomize like several moments in this movie where it does that and i just love that about this movie and i'm sandra omstutz i'm a social media manager in nashville tennessee and mine is you know what your problem is i only have one you've met too many people like you i'm with terry now does he make you laugh He doesn't make me cry. That nice. might mm. be one of my favorite lines in cinema. So yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a I good think one. it says so much. So this week is going to be kind of a special episode for us. We are dedicating our entire episode to the cast announcement of Ocean's 8. The whoop, whoop. Yes, the female (laughs) reboot of Ocean's Eleven. This week, we're not going to give any new picks. We're not going to discuss news other than Ocean's Eight. This is an entirely Ocean's Eight-centric episode for us. Um, One of the reasons that we decided to have this episode is because way back when we were deciding to start this podcast... um, all of us co-hosts got together and we decided to do kind of a test recording before we 
published any episodes. We wanted just to see how the format would work and what we would all have to say and how the conversation would flow. And for that first episode or test episode, we decided to record an episode about one of our, a movie that we all love, um, Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And part of that episode, we had already heard that this female reboot was happening, but we didn't know much other than that Sandra Bullock was starring in it. And so we decided to um, each give a dream cast of what actresses we love that are working in entertainment today that we would cast in a female version of Ocean's Eleven. Um, so we've had this piece of audio just kind of like sitting in our vaults that we've, we really enjoyed going back and listening to. So we decided to release that today. Now that we have the official cast fully, uh, fully realized, I guess, for Ocean's Eight. <laughs> yeah, fully turned <laughs> yeah. up by Warner Brothers. Right, yep. yeah. We, we've heard, we've been hearing inklings for a while now, but now all eight are kind of officially, um, casted, we decided that we are going to chat about our reactions to this cast, as well as release our original female dream cast for an Ocean's Eleven reboot. Um, so guys, let's get started. First, how, I'm assuming we're all very excited about just this movie existing in general, right? Super pumped. Quick question. I've heard it called Ocean's Ocho by a lot of people, and is that the, that's not the, that's not official, right? It's Ocean's well, Eight. Here's the thing. I don't think there is an official title out yet. Um, Ocean's Ocho was kind of the rumored title for a while. And okay. I'm crossing my fingers that that does not stick because Agreed. I hate that <laughs> title. It is. It would kind of fit with the smarmy comedic edge to uh, the Ocean's franchise. Like, it feels like a, a little bit of a stretch for what they've done, but I could see it being marketed well enough to actually pull it off. So... I'm with you guys. I hope it goes to Ocean's 8, but we'll see. My my issue with it is I I think it's lame and kind of strange to put the word Ocho in the title if nothing else about this movie has to do with anything Spanish related. You know? Like it's not <laughs> set in Mexico. It's not like a primarily like Latin cast. It's 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 Unless it is. That we know of. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> no, it, I, it's very true. It could possibly be. I doubt it, though. <laughs> I, my gut is telling me that someone just decided on the title Ocean's Ocho because of the two O's Good and the alliteration. Yeah. You know what? I wish. I wish that that was just a trope for female reboots. So, like, this summer it would have been called Los Ghostbusters and no Spanish anything. It's just like... Well, we've done this movie before, and now it's an all-female cast. We're going to do it in Spanish. That's, yeah. Oh, gosh. Just like an so, unexplained trope. So bizarre. Yeah, um, it's weird. Yeah, so I am only referring to it as Ocean's 8 until yeah. we hear an official title otherwise. Sounds good to me. When we first heard about this female reboot coming out, like I said, all we knew was that Sandra Bullock was starring in it. We didn't know any other details. Um, and that was enough to get me excited. Um, slowly, details have started coming out. One of the details that has come out about this movie is that Sandra Bullock is playing um, a character that is the sister to Danny Ocean, George Clooney's character from the original Ocean's Eleven. So it well, is in the Ocean's Eleven universe. Exactly. So it's more like an extension and less of a reboot. Dig um, it. Yeah, I dig that too. I'm in. 
That always means there can be crossovers in the future. And I'm 100% right. down with an Ocean's Eleven Cinematic Universe. So. <laughs> yeah, honestly, an Ocean's Eleven Cinematic Universe is like the stuff of my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, let's jump right into who's been cast. We have Kate Blanchett, who is a, where people are assuming is going to be kind of Sandra Bullock's right-hand woman in this movie. Um, the rest of the cast, we have Sarah Paulson from uh, many Ryan Murphy television shows. <laughs> we have Anne Hathaway, Rihanna, Mindy Kaling, Helena Bonham Carter, and um, the probably the one that we're, we're the least familiar with, uh, a rapper named Aquafina. Uh, she was in Neighbors 2, if anyone she saw was. that. I did see that, and I Wait, remember Wait, who is she that. in yep. Neighbors 2? She's the rapper girl. Asian. Uh, <laughs> the Asian rapper girl. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and she didn't have much of a character. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not much to say. Um, so yeah. So how are we feeling? Do is there any of one in this cast that we're particularly excited about? Lucas, let's start with you. I mean, really, I'm ex- I'm excited about all of them, but I'd say mostly Kate Blanchett for sure. Um, and recent Emmy Award winner, Sarah Paulson. Um, really excited to see them working together. That's it. <laughs> I'll, say, no, I'll, 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 I'll stop there. I'll stop there. There's okay. too much. Too much good stuff. <laughs> Lawson, what about you? Yeah, I mean, when I look back at the Ocean's Eleven cast, that was my first introduction to a lot of those actors, and a lot of them already had this really impressive body of work and went on to have an even more impressive body of work. And so, like, the way they worked together as an ensemble was so impressive that mm-hmm. I have a hard time picking somebody just to be like based on their previous stuff. Like I'm really excited to see how funny, how funny I'm assuming Mindy Kaling will be, but also just like seeing these people be really badass operators um, throughout this movie is such an exciting prospect. I don't know how much they're going to lean into the comedy, how much they're going to lean into like the really cool suave Vogue part of stuff. Um, but I could see any of these actors going either way. Like, I could see Anne Hathaway playing a really sleek, like, awesome dresses, every shot type character. Or I could see her, like, nailing the Casey Affleck character from Ocean's Eleven. Like, I know they're all going to be new. They're not going to be total approximations now. But, like, I just, I'm I'm really excited to see what kind of an ensemble they make with these people because they may be stretching people in some roles. But... Um, just on its face, I'm probably most excited that Mindy Kaling made the cut. I love her. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about her career as maybe a movie star coming yeah. up. You know, we have her in this movie. She's going to be in A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, she just had, you know, her her spot in um, what's the Pixar movie called? Uh, uh, oh, Inside uh, Out. Right. Inside, Inside Out. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm all on board with movie star Mindy Kaling. Um, looking at this cast list, you know, it's all of them pr- have pretty great comedy chops, which makes me excited that it's um, a pretty stylish yet very comedic cast. We have Sandra Bullock, who's known for great comedy, um, Anne Hathaway, who I think is can be very funny, um, Mindy Kaling, Helena Bonham Carter, all are both very humorous. Um, Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson are more, I think, on the suave end, and mm-hmm. Rihanna as well, I think, are more on, like, the suave, stylish end, but I think they all have great, like, capabilities for humor, so I, 
I'm, ex- I'm very excited. And like I said, we haven't seen much of Aquafina other than her role in Neighbors 2, which was humorous. So yeah, um, I, th- I think one of the one of the key points for Ocean's Eleven, one of the things that made it excel so well is that you have that blend of comedy and you know, style and confidence and just like these people are cool as well as these people are hilarious. And that's something that I was really worried about with the casting of this movie. I feel, I felt like it might get to be just like, this is just like a heist comedy with women and, and kind of leave out the, the cool suave factor. Um, and with casting like Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson and Anne Hathaway, I think you have, uh, you definitely have that in the hole. So yeah, I mean that's the essence of charm, right? This yep. suaveness and this humor, and that's what so many of the leads in Ocean's Eleven have. And I think they did a really good job finding that mix for this movie. Have y'all seen any movies with Rihanna in them? Yeah, I saw Battleship. That was yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am uh, not excited that she's in this movie at all. I saw um, a mashup hope- of her in front of. Uh, or being recorded when she thought they were photos. So, <laughs> sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, she she's not she's not good. She's not a good actress in the slightest. Um, I'm hoping that she's mute, maybe in this movie. That would maybe <laughs> help a little bit. Um, but she is in uh, the upcoming. Oh my gosh, whose movie is that? Um, Oh my gosh! She She's was also in, the... in an animated movie. She did a voice acting. For oh yeah, she was that in home. movie with like an alien. Yeah, that's true. And apparently that wasn't great either. But she's in. Uh, oh, I mean, ask a five year old; Luke... they say it's the best. <laughs> she's in Luke Luke Beeson's uh, upcoming movie. Um, what is it? Valerian. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Claire, whatever her name is. Uh, but she's she's apparently in that. She has a she has a bigger role. So she's. She's working her way into bigger movies, but uh, hopefully she worked her way into some acting well, classes like, as well. Yeah, but I like Beyonce, whenever she did Austin Powers 3, was not awesome. And like Rihanna's at a very similar place in her career now to where Beyonce mm-hmm. was then. And so yep. I, because Rihanna has such this like intense style to her, I think that she can be a really huge addition to this, but it'll be interesting to see how they how they use kind of her existing public persona. No, I have never, I haven't seen anything that she's been in, but the visual of like cat burglar Rihanna is just so exciting. (laughs) I think, I think visually she could probably work in this group. Like visually she works, but I don't want to have her talk to Kate Blanchett because it'll just amplify how terrible she is at talking to Kate Blanchett. So (laughs) I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 But um, I think I think she works like if you just put them in a picture like this group of people works very well together. Yeah, but I'm also, again, excited about a lot of these women, but particularly I'm excited about Anne Hathaway in an ensemble movie like this. You're yeah. right. She doesn't I, get a lot of those. You know, I mean, the last I think she had was like Les Mis, but it was a, you know, a smaller yeah. but very standout role, you mm-hmm. know, she didn't and really get I, to interact with an ensemble. Exactly. And so I'm really excited for her to be in a movie where she gets to play around with a lot of other people and not just have to carry the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see her playing around with like big actresses like Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett is really exciting for me. Yeah, I'm stunned. I'm so stoked about this. I mean, as people will hear in the next portion of this, it's a 
it's really interesting going, especially going from thinking that there were going to be 11 people to eight, but like, this is a, it's a great pick and it really makes for a very unique, it makes for like really unpredictable. I don't know what they're going to do with it. And I'm so excited to see what they do. I will say I am very annoyed that there are only eight women in this movie because when that's I all heard, the, that's all the women there are in Hollywood is from what oh, from what I hear. Oh, there's only it's a dollar seventy five worth of the two dollars of men. <laughs> like when I heard about an Ocean's Eleven female version, like what was so exciting is that like oh that's so many women that get to star in a movie <laughs> and of course they just gotta cut us down. They go, <laughs> we can't have the full eleven. <laughs> Um, so that was really frustrating. I'm also a little cautious about some of the plot details that I've heard about, like, what this is supposed to be about. Apparently, and this is, I don't know if you want to consider this a spoiler, but the basis, the premise that has been rumored is that they're stealing an, a crazy expensive necklace. And... To me, I'm just kind of like, that's not as exciting as doing something like <laughs> robbing a casino. Yeah. And it's also like, I don't know, maybe this is me being sensitive, but the whole like the women reboot is like they steal a piece of jewelry, I think is a little obnoxious. <laughs> they steal jewelry in Ocean's 12, right? Or 13? In 13? No, I think they steal diamonds. Or is it jewelry? Oh, I don't yeah. remember. No, I think you're right. It's diamonds, but like part of it is a necklace, but that's like extra. But they also, I think, like rob the casino as well. Yeah. <laughs> the they like part. steal jewelry as like an additional <laughs> like fuck you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so those are things that I'm a little like nervous about, but otherwise very excited for this movie. Agreed. And love that there's people of color being represented well. That Ocean's Eleven did that really well too. So it's just like there there's a real potential to do this right so i i'm i'm optimistic cautiously yeah and i think not enough has been said about how wonderful i think it is that sandra bullock is leading this cast i am a diehard sandra bullock fan and i can't think of anyone better to lead off this new franchise as my you know personal like i think she just has that amazing star quality yeah i think so too I'm resisting we'll a Sandra Bullock pun right now because I love you guys. Let's move on. Oh my God. I yep. appreciate it. Yep. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that we need to share about this? I think I've said most of my piece. Yeah. I think that's yeah. it. Let's do this. So we're all mm. incredibly excited about Ocean's 8. We're going to be soaking up every rumor, piece of news as it comes out. Um, but right now we're going to let you listen to, like I said, something we recorded months and months ago before the very first time we ever sat down to record anything related to the podcast. This is our dream cast for what a female Ocean's Eleven would be like. So enjoy this little blast from the past. probably gonna craft a very different storyline um, yeah. that just has this many women with probably some nods to the original um, however when I was coming up with my dream cast for this film um, I was specifically thinking of actresses 
that would work in this original in this Ocean's same. Eleven movie. Same, um, exactly. If, We're just it's exact same movie, exact same script. We're right. We're just swapping out actors. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. and that was really fun to watch. I watched the movie today. Um, and it was, re- and I had already picked out my actresses before rewatching the movie. Mm-hmm. Watching the movie, thinking of all of my actresses speaking each of those lines of dialogue was yeah. really, really fun. So <laughs> let's let's kick it off. Uh, obviously, we're starting off with Danny is Sandra Bullock. Correct. Yes, we're taking that as a given. Uh, whenever I was writing out my Dreamcast, I couldn't remember all the characters' names, and so in my iPhone notes, the characters are George Clooney. Yep. Brad Pitt, yeah, same here. Matt, Matt yeah. Damon, Bernie Mac, gymnast, right. brother one, brother two, sure. Don Cheadle, sweaty curly hair guy, Saul, <laughs> and Ross's dad. Yep, that, this, so. that sounds like how I remember them exactly the same. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. We don't have to use that order going down it. Let's, I just let's, let's do this. Let's kick it off with Brad Pitt's character, Rusty. Who do you, Brent, who do you have? All right, we brought her up earlier in the show. I'm going to put Gal Gadot in this role. I would love to see her get oh, other leading cool. roles. I think she's somebody who can absolutely uh, play the kind of suave beauty that Brad Pitt has on, in, in the original, but I also think that she is just a total badass. I think uh, she can play all the the edge of Brad Pitt's character, and I would love to, get, I would love to see a film give her a lot more to do than uh, Batman v Superman did. Okay, so I'm going to head up next. Um, For me, what made this movie so big and important was the movie star power of George Clooney and Brad Pitt working together and the great chemistry that they had with each other. So with that in mind, I was like, who is a big time movie star that Sandra Bullock has already has proven chemistry with? And I chose Nicole Kidman to like recreate some of that practical magic, charm, and spark that uh, the two of them had with each other. I feel like yep. she's a big-time movie star. She's cool. She's hot. She's suave. Um, so, yeah, I think she would make a really good companion to Sandra Bullock. Excellent. They're age-appropriate with each other. Yep. That's great. Yeah, Lawson, what did you have? Yeah, so I also um, was thinking, like, who's someone who age-appropriate, completely badass, can, like, stand there in a room and just give a look and own it and uh so my pick was robin wright yes Love it. same z's you did robin wright too i did <laughs> oh that's incredible yeah she blows me away in house of cards she's just the most undeniable badass i think on screens right now in general of any screen size of any gender of i just, i think she's incredible i think she would rock the brad pitt role yeah, for, for, for me, the reason I picked her is because the, the whole thing with Brad Pitt's role is he's just the dashing, smart, just super, like, he knows all every person on this team. He is the one who's kind of getting all these guys together for Danny as Danny gets out of jail. And someone, someone who can just kind of control that and really, I mean... He, I think he runs the show more than more than Danny does in this in this movie. He kind of he kind of plays that that uh, that driving character, and I think that's something that Robin Wright can play uh, as well. And I think she'd have awesome chemistry with Sandra totally. Bullock. And I think of that scene wherever he's like, "We could try," and then every time Brad Pitt just cuts off George Clooney, yep. like that wouldn't work. And like we yep. could, but he's not yep. available. Like <laughs> yeah. we could, yep. it. yeah, I exactly. could totally see Robin Wright just like looking off in the other direction, not even addressing them, but cutting her off in every way like it would be so yeah. good 
Awesome. So let's take a look at Matt Damon's character, Linus. Brent, what do you, who do you have? All right. So I think Matt Damon is just about, I mean, I, this is the same with everybody, but he's just about perfectly cast in this role because you need somebody who is handsome, uh, but not distractingly handsome, not Brad Pitt handsome. Uh, you also need somebody yep. who can effectively play nervous and kind of young and inexperienced, but he also does yep. have this really sharp, clever edge to him that comes out in key moments. So this is as much because I just love this actress and want to put her in everything I can as much as I think she'd be perfect for the role. I'm going to put Brie Larson in the Linus role. Yes! Yeah! Same. Okay, so she's somebody who I think she's really Everybody, gorgeous. but I shouldn't have gotten last in this. <laughs> I, think, I think Brie Larson is gorgeous, but she's not going to be gorgeous in like a Gal Gadot way. She's just gorgeous in a very like uh, kind of understated way. Uh, and then I think yeah. she can play really genuine and, and honest. I think she can play nervous, but I think obviously she's just brilliant and... Uh, especially in room short term 12 you've got her in role in areas where she's very out of her element and very nervous but other roles where she just comes through and she's bold and brilliant and sharp so i think that she would she could absolutely be the pickpocket that this team needs lucas why did you want her? i i picked her uh, as the youngest i i am kind of all of my actresses are not older but much older than than brie larson by like 10 years and i i really think she does a really good young a young kind of newcomer to the scene and i th i think especially i mean in something like this i think i think she'd really excel at being really good at her job but also new at her job so it's exciting sandra who'd you have um so i kind of was thinking on along very similar lines to you guys and i feel like i picked an actress that's very similar to brie larson um i decided to go with allison pill um, I feel like her, yep. the work she yep. did in the newsroom could play very well into the same kind of character that Matt Damon is, that young, inexperienced, a little bit nervous around her mentors, but still very sharp and capable. Um, I would really love, I love her as well and would love to see her in some like bigger movies. And yeah, um, yeah I just feel like as soon, when, as soon as we started thinking it, that was the very first thing that popped in my head was Allison Pill was, is a, a new Matt Damon. That's a great match. I, um, I leaned more into kind of like, uh, existing star power and trying to go more towards, um, like existing A-list celebrities for this and trying to, you know, keep someone that can skew young, but that Are you really... saying Brie Larson is not an A-list celebrity? No, she totally, <laughs> sorry. You know, and I want to say... She's not making Clooney money I'm right just, now. I'm just joking. Here. Yeah, she's definitely yeah. not making Clooney money. Yeah. She's definitely not making Damon money either. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted someone that could, so many things that you've already said, but um, I went with Jennifer Lawrence uh, for this one. I think she, it would be a small role for her, but she could totally, I think she would be fantastic in it. I think she's one of the people who would add to this giant ensemble that would feel like, oh my gosh, I have to see the movie with all these people in it. Um, and I mean, Matt Damon is an enormous star, but someone who can seem really inexperienced and new at something. And Jennifer Lawrence has, is pretty young and has a baby face and, but it can also seem very competent in roles that she plays. I mean, um, so yeah, I, I thought she would be great for that. Yeah. I think that would work. So looking at Julia Roberts character, Tess. Brent, who do you have? Y'all, it's 2016. I'm going with Julia Roberts. Keep her in exactly the same role. <laughs> let her be the love interest. Let her be the one that they're arguing over. Uh, I mean, Julia Roberts is as gorgeous and alluring as she's ever been. So I say, let this be a woman where it is a full female uh, reboot. So keep her in the role. I think that's an amazing idea. Um, I went with 
sadly, a more heteronormative route. Um, and I decided to gender swap Julia Roberts' character with um, someone who I think has a similar star power today as Julia Roberts had in 2001. Again, also someone who Sandra Bullock has great chemistry with and a history with. And that is Matthew McConaughey. Um, the two of yes. them have been in movies together. They've dated, but they're still on great terms. They have like such a strong affection for each other. And I think he is perfect to play just like this alluring, beautiful, like uh, goal for all of these women to achieve. That's awesome. That's so good. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> mine was so much of like, who is just complete eye candy, um, but can also be that kind of aloof, distant, like, together confident person who doesn't need the uh, their uh the person who's pursuing them but who's definitely their match but who can also feel and show that they're injured and uh so i went with john ham nice yeah i i had a long list of several other people but i had to land on john ham which wasn't as a-list as i wanted to go for but i just think he's so classically handsome and he can so display um, that kind of feeling of being a, a trophy husband, but also having, like, being deeply, deeply hurt. Lawson, I'll have to let y'all know, like I said, back in 2012, like, these gender swap casts were, like, a very popular thing, and um, John Hamm was often included in them, but not in the test role, in a different role. But when we're finished, I'll catch you up on, like, what okay, all awesome. of those were. Yeah. 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 I... I also really wanted someone who had that star power and who has a really, really, really easy connection with Sandra Bullock. And I just feel like that that's one of the things that brings the first movie together is how, like, for how little they interact, um, George Clooney and Julia Roberts do such a good job of showing their connection. Um, and I think someone who would do a great job with Sandra Bullock is also George Clooney. So George oh, yeah. Clooney as Tess. Oh. So... Do we do we want to do Benedict? Even though not everybody, I cast. definitely do. If that's all right okay. with y'all, okay, we'll we'll talk about it real quick. Sure. Yeah. So for for Benedict, since only Sandra and I cast um, a replacement, Sandra, go for it. Yeah. So for me, this is an actress that I like am obsessed with, and I think she and um, I think she would pull off how Andy Garcia is charming, but also ruthless and kind of slimy, um, and that's Amanda Peet. I think, oh yeah, yeah. I think Amanda Peet as just like this determined casino owner that is like charming on the floor, but like ruthless in business would be so fun to watch. And I think she would have a fun villainous chemistry with Sandra Bullock as well. Yeah, as well as like you know a fun pairing with Matthew McConaughey as you know absolutely. Yeah. 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 Gosh, that's so cohesive. That is good. <laughs> yeah. Lucas, what about you? My Benedict replacement was um, Marion Cotillard. Oh yeah. Oh, that's I, great. Cast her and everything. I, I also I, right. I know, right. I I also wanted someone who could be extremely ruthless, but just charming as hell, and just who you who you just wanted more and more scenes with, but was always just kind of on the cusp of um, just kind of destroying the whole movie, um, and I felt like she fit there really well. Okay, who do we want to go with next, Lucas? Yeah, let's 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 dive into the rest of the the crew. So let's let's actually go with who was introduced first, which was Frank, uh, Bernie Mac's character. So who would you guys replace him with, Brent? 
All right, I went with an actress that I honestly do not love, but I think would be great in this role. I cast Leslie Jones. Uh, to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Leslie Jones just because I think she tends to be using roles that require her to go big. Uh, but I do think she has a lot of nuance. She can play a lot of notes. She just tends to kind of get typecast as kind of a loud woman. Uh, so I think that Leslie Jones will be perfect. She can kind of do the the real subtle sly humor. And when the role requires her to go big, she can. And I think that in a cast this big with the the kind of caliber that we're all casting, I think that she would fit in mm-hmm. really nicely. And so I say let her be in that role. Let her do kind of the sly winking, but also let her go big when she needs to. And I think she'd fit right in. Yeah, awesome. I I think that would work really well. My choice, I feel, is pretty obvious. I, so I'm wondering if anyone else has this picked as well, but Retta. Yep, I did. Yeah, I think <laughs> Retta is, like, she's so amazing. And I could just see her at working at a casino and just dealing mm-hmm. cards and talking wise. And, uh, yeah, I just think she's perfect for this. We might see that name yeah, later she- in the list. Okay. <laughs> no, I think Retta would be so perfect for this because she's just so on top of it. She, you can totally see her working at a casino, knowing all the ins. A hundred percent. Being slick, like looking out of the corner of her eye while she's wearing the vest. Like I just think she's the whole thing. Yes, he, I could see her in that vest. Yeah, see her mm-hmm. in the vest all the way down to the interrogation room when she's like, "Racco." Yeah. Like <laughs> nothing else the whole rest of the time, but in that one part, it's like, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, I couldn't see anybody else. Yeah. yeah, Lucas, what about you? So I had, I, I not to bring up Sister Act 2 again, but I had Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I thought yeah. It, I, I thought it'd be a ton of fun to bring in kind of an old, an older actress. I mean, Whoop, Whoopi's like 60. Um, but just to, to have that kind of, uh, that kind of feeling of, you know, hey, I've been around. I, I you know, he, he never, he, like Frank never gets out of hand except during the scene where he's supposed to. Um, and just always kind of, always kind of super cool, just getting everything done. And I think Whoopi would fit, fit in there really well. Well, and talk about star power, you know? Yeah. Um, so going right down the line, who did you guys have for Ruben? All right. See, I think yeah. y'all miscast Retta. I think y'all miscast Retta. Cause I say put Retta in the Elliot Gould role. Uh, I think that okay. for a lot of the reasons y'all have already described, like she is just so incredibly self-possessed and charming and she can go big, but I think she, I think, yeah, I think she's, uh, higher stakes than just the casino dealer. I think that she could be the one funding the thing. I mean, honestly, like, I don't remember all of the funny details that they slipped in about Donna Meagle in Parks and Rec, but it wouldn't surprise me if she owned a few casinos. So I can just see her completely (laughs) being the one bankrolling this whole operation, uh, being the big personality in the room. And I think she would, I think that's a perfect casting. Nice. Yeah. Um, So I went with an older actress because, you know, he's kind of one of the, one of the older characters. Um, Stockard Channing. I think, uh, every you know, I think she would just be so great at like keeping people in line, having a bunch of money, being around the block. Uh, yeah, yes. I just picture her so clearly in this. Miss I'm picturing Barbara her character forever. from The West Wing, and I think that would be just amazing. Yeah, yes. Lawson, I cast for this uh, Meryl Streep because I think she it would be amazing. Like, of course, she can be the boss of any and every situation. Of course, she would own all her own casinos. But just in the character that, uh, if it was a direct swap, I think it would be so fun to see Meryl Streep, like, going kind of crazy and swearing at people and, like, being really in your face. I just, because she's so, um, her public persona is so elegant, I love uh, kind of turning that on its head. And she would play the person who's in charge of so much just effortlessly nice lucas who do you have i had the oldest actress on my list at 78 
is Jane Fonda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She would rock Jane, I, easily. I know. J- Jane Fonda so easily just fits into this this role. Um, I, I, I thought about her a little bit for Saul, but she fits so much in the Ruben role just so much better. Just be, be, being the rich owner who just says the craziest thing and is cussing the entire time. It'd just be amazing. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, so moving on to the twins. I, I'm sure everyone cast them together. So just the twins, Turk and Virgil. Who you got, Brent? All right. Well, I'm going to continue my SNL streak by bringing in two of SNL's leading ladies. I've got A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon in this these roles. I think they have an amazing oh, uh, kind of dynamic duo. Uh, I know they had they had a, a digital short on one episode of SNL where they were called Fats in the Dyke, and I think it was based on some improv sketches they used to do. <laughs> and I just want to totally bring back that uh, dynamic of I think that these are two people who can play so many different roles, but I think when you put them together and just let them pick at each other and let them borrow each other or bother each other, I just think it's a hoot. So let A.D. Bryant kind of be your straight man. Let Kate McKinnon just go off the rails like she can. And I think that those two are just going to bring endless laughs. Oh, man, Brent, you're making me really upset that I didn't put Kate McKinnon anywhere on my list because <laughs> I know, right? I thought about it so much. I was like, but but I just didn't have a place for her. But I, I'd watch her in anything. She's amazing. Yeah. For for me, I picked for me. I loved how what makes the twins so funny is how they're constantly bickering. Um, and so I picked yeah. two people that I feel like the bickering would be fun to watch. Um, I got. Ari Grainer and Aaliyah Shawkat. Um, if y'all if y'all aren't familiar with Ari Grainer, she's been in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, um, uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever. She kind of she has, hasn't had a lot of starring roles, but every role, supporting role she's been in, she's always been amazing, and I'm a big fan of her. Um, and so yeah, just these two blonde Jewish sisters that kind of fight the whole time and get in, <laughs> and get into trouble. I think would be really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, for my two, um, I picked two people that I've never seen work together, but one of the things I liked about these twins was they kind of existed in this world of everyone's so cool um, while they themselves were just bickering idiots. So it's like they had to make, to me, they had to make sense in this world of everything being suave, but kind of uh, messing that up a little bit um, on their terms. And so I put together uh, Aubrey Plaza and Greta Gerwig. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought they would be tons of fun. I'm so interested in the kind of chemistry that they would have. I think Aubrey Plaza was the first person I thought was just just like totally bickering and complaining and making everything hilarious. And I think Greta Gerwig would be a great counterpoint to that. Um, In my imagination, I have no filmography to back that up. I think that would be really, really fun. Um, For mine, I also wanted to pick two people who had really great... I mean, because the key is... I mean, really, they don't interact with anybody else all that often. They're mainly just interacting with each other, which I think is super key to find people who work really well together. And so I'm going to get pick two people who, as far as I know, have I've, I've only seen them work together. And it's my girls from Broad City, Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah I think that would be great. <laughs> And so just, I mean, just, just watching them in this world of Linus and then the twins are around the same age and then everybody else isn't, isn't old, but like, you know, they're, they're kind of at, at another level than the rest of them. And I feel like that, that works really well. Having Abby and Alana kind of at that same age as like, as Brie Larson and just kind of in that, in that different field as them. So I, I can just imagine the van scene of Brie Larson not wanting to be left in the van with Abby and Alana. Yeah, Totally. Well, cool. Who did you guys have for Livingston Dell? This one was... That is our nervous tech guy. 
Yes, that is our nervous tech guy. Okay, that's how I have it listed on <laughs> exactly. my Exactly, yep, yep. This is another role I really struggled to cast just because he is someone who, I mean, so two of the main scenes you see him in, one is when he is so nervous and he's sweating profusely and he rubs the yep. writing off of his hand. But he's also another one of these characters who just has this real kind of cold, ruthless intensity. And when he's like, when he's in front of a computer, when he's doing exactly what he knows how to do, like nobody's going to get in his way. So I was trying to think of an actress who has shown both of those sides. And I landed on Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, Ooh, the two roles yeah. I particularly had in mind would be the village where she plays this, you know, she plays a young blind woman who, um, in many cases is just very afraid and kind of is almost like the more of the screamy character in a horror movie. So I think she can get that anxiety, but then you've also seen her in other roles where she can play that kind of ruthless intensity. I hate to bring it up, but she did it in Jurassic World. Um, so I'm saying put Bryce Dallas Howard in that in that role. Let her sweat, but when she needs to be ruthless, let her be ruthless. Okay. Nice. This is a character that is the only character where I try to do a slightly kind of different spin on this character. Um... I decided to go with Charlene Yee because I feel like there she could pull off that nervous energy, but she also has that stoner vibe that she's played in other movies. And I think it would be really fun to see this nervous tech guy also, tech girl, become like kind of a stoner character. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of humor to be mined from that, um, her interacting with the rest of these thieves that are so suave. <laughs> um, I chose just going more off the uh, nervous but still conceivably could know something about tech. I, for whatever reason, I pushed me towards Emma Stone. I thought she would be great in this role, as you were saying. I thought she would skew a little bit uh, younger um, if it was a interpretation of someone being really into uh, technology today. And so that was my pick, and I think she has a lot of star power to bring to the role and to the cast. Gotcha. Nice. Lucas, what about you? My choice for the role um, was was Allison Tolman, who, if you've seen the first season of Fargo, um, she's she's the lead in that show, and she does a phenomenal job. Um, and one one of the reasons I chose her was just because in in Fargo she plays a character who you never once doubt that she's good at her job, but she's also terrified the entire time huh. of just, oh, yeah. of just do, do, doing this job and just you know not maybe possibly not being good at it. but at, at no point in the in in that show do you doubt that she is good at her job and I feel like that really fits the, the Livingston character completely nervous completely kind of uh out of whack but yet you never doubt them I haven't seen Fargo yet so that's the first this is the first one that I I'm not familiar with yeah. her or her work at all she's oh. she's really good fantastic actress but also a comedy actress and so i think she'd she'd do really well in this role she was in an episode of the mindy project okay gotcha yeah she was very good in that as well okay oh wait she was like kind of like the slob yeah yes because i've google image search okay yes yeah i loved her in that role yeah she was great yeah okay don Cheadle. So kind of like Sandra on the last one, this is the one where I mo I went most off script and I thought I kind of completely reimagined this character. So you've got Basher, who is the explosives expert, and I say put Jenna Maloney in this role. I would love to see oh, yes. I would love to see the explosives uh, expert on the team be someone who's just entirely unpredictable and who is kind of the loose cannon <laughs> in the team. And Jenna Maloney, yeah. uh, I think at her best, is just this entirely like unpredictable, very um edgy kind of unhinged character and so i'd love to see her where she knows what she's doing and she can blow stuff up when she needs but she's also kind of the unpredictable 
element in the team. Um, and she's another one of those actresses where I say just put her in any movie that you can because I think she always just brings a sort of a sort of electric energy to Absolutely. the roles that she plays. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I went with America Ferrera. Mostly because I just love America Ferrera and I try <laughs> to put her in anything I can. But also I feel like she just has like a get down to business vibe about her that I feel like could fit with this character really well. Totally. I was kind of in that same vein. I went with uh, Michelle Rodriguez. I feel like she brings so much intensity in her roles in the Fast and the Furious franchise. And I could totally see her just like getting pissed at a situation but also making sure it gets taken care of and uh just like being down in the sewers or getting the rough and tough stuff yeah yeah all over it um as kind of i was thinking about this role is i was thinking i mean somebody who's 100 100 in it and yet is hilarious because don Cheadle is so funny in this movie um and yet his character is you know an explosions guy like he's he's all over the place um and so i i picked i picked helena bottom carter um i, I kind of want her to play a, a i mean a little bit of a straighter character than she does for tim burton or anything like that um but still have kind of that edge of of a little bit of crazy a little bit of out there um and just blow it up on the accent for sure yeah yep. yeah i love that yeah. keeping it british um so kind of starting to wrap it up who do you guys have for saul all right, so one of the things that's occurring to me is so many of these roles, you really need actors who can play a pretty wide range because, like, for so many of these actors, the character who they are behind the scenes and the character who they are in the midst of the heist are just such different people. So many of them are, mm-hmm. so many of them are playing Absolutely. roles. You need actors who can be convincing in both roles. So Saul is obviously someone who uh, can play kind of convincingly humble, um, someone who is just... It, at the beginning of the movie is kind of just living his life and happy living his life, a pretty unglamorous life, but then obviously has to play this role as someone who's really poised and refined. So I put Judy Dench here. Um, you've got her, I nice. mean, most recently um, playing M in the Bond film. She's just somebody who's like incredibly smart, incredibly sharp um, and incredibly poised. But then also look at her work in Philomena and she's just playing somebody who's just kind of much more um, ordinary, much more kind of somebody's mom or somebody's grandma. And so I think that she's going to be able to get that whole range in a way that's going to be convincing. Yeah. When I was thinking about Saul, the biggest characteristic is how old he is. And mm-hmm. like the, the big thing is like, can he keep up with the rest of this group? Is, is this, is he still able to pull it off? Um, so I was trying to think of like the oldest actresses I could come up with. And I went with Ellen Burstyn. Um, I feel nice. like just seeing her, um, it, it, you know, being in pretty up there in years, um, trying to keep up with these middle-aged women or these 20 something women. Um, I would really love that dynamic. Yeah. So I, whenever I was thinking of Saul, the, uh, moments in the movie that stuck out most to me were whenever he was talking directly with Benedict and was kind of portraying, uh, this heavy spender, uh, heavy, what's that phrase? High roller. High roller. Thank you. Yeah. Um, this high roller and just like really pulling off this, like, yes, I'm important. Yes. I'm from someplace you haven't heard of. Yes. That's on purpose. Um, and, but also being able to, like you guys said, go behind the roles and show this, uh, behind the, uh, curtain show the vulnerability. And so I thought, uh, Viola Davis would work really well for that. Um, so leaned less into the extremely old and more into uh being able to portray um both of those sides of that character yeah i my main thing that i was looking for was versatility being able to play that 
that kind of when, when you first see him at the at the dog races as this retired guy who's just dating the the, the lady from the Unmentionals department at Macy's. Like so, g- going from something like that to to being Lyman Zerga, being being the guy who you know is is the high roller and can kind of command respect from um, from Benedict, which most people don't get in this movie. Um, and I thought I thought of Helen Mirren. I thought she'd be a fantastic. Um, person in this role of being able to um, mm. kind of play that 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 high and mighty character, that the person who um, who kind of has no doubts about themselves, um, and yet Helen Mirren's been in you know an episode of Glee or in like Monsters University and like st- stuff like stuff like that where she get where she can do other things, uh, but that's kind of what she's known for. Right. Well, Helen Mirren also she likes to do fun things. She yeah. is like really wants to be a part of the Fast and Furious yeah, franchise. Like yeah. she said that publicly. So I feel like this would be right up her alley. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think she'd be be phenomenal in this. Helen Mirren was in my running for the Brad Pitt character. I thought she would do so well in yeah. that role. She's yeah, just razor Gosh. sharp. So to wrap it up, the uh, the last member of the team, Yen, yes. our our grease man. So this, for me, this was the hardest person to cast, uh, but I'm really excited to hear what you guys come up with. So I think this is another one of the elements, I didn't bring this up earlier, I think this is another one of the elements of the film that has not aged particularly well, because this character does almost just come across as kind of a one-note joke in a way that I think is kind of regrettable. So I really thought about this role as one that I wanted to expand a lot, give this person um, something more interesting to do, um, give them a voice. So as I thought about somebody, but also somebody that you can kind of cram into a small like safe and who can climb and who can jump around. And um, (laughs) so I struggled to find a a, a, to think of an actress that was going to have that same kind of um, that would be able to bring that kind of character, but also the same physicality. I ended up landing on Ellen Page and particularly I'm thinking of uh, Kitty Pride era Ellen Page. Um, She's somebody I think who would bring Mm -hmm. just a different kind of dynamic in terms of kind of her own nervous energy and her like constant narration. But I think that, yeah, you like you put her in a little kind of leather suit and she can also just play someone who is like who who would be able to pull off the kind of stunt work. I think that you see Yin pulling off in the original film. Uh, And I think that she would just really bring kind of a necessary expansion to the role. Oh, go ahead. um, I went with Ellen Page as well um, for this role. So the big thing for me when I was trying to cast this was I just Googled tiniest actresses. Like I was just trying to to find like who are the smallest women working. And she came up on that list um, because she is so small. But um, I do think, yeah, one of the regrettable things about the original movie is this character and how little we get to see of him. Um, I think it's regrettable that the one Asian character in the film is like mostly silent, but that being said in my like recast version, I would want to keep this character silent just because Uh I think it's fun to have like one team member that just doesn't really talk at all in a very talky film. And I think Ellen Page could pull off being that silent person that is also super flexible and um, in more ways than one, and um, can like be that gymnast that can fit into a small container. Yeah, as soon as y'all said that, I could instantly see the setup montage wherever they come, and she's like at a gym, like doing all these backflips and yeah, stuff she's and like her leotard, like yeah, like a former Olympic medalist or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. So this is the one I took the least seriously. Um, <laughs> Like, I don't think this would ever get cast in a million years, but I had recently watched the episode of Saturday Night Live that was hosted by Ariana Grande. <laughs> and, 
I just yes. think she is the tiniest human. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> she is like, she's a chihuahua that has learned how to stand upright. She's just so small, but it does have a little bit more legs than just having seen her on SNL. Uh, she, aside from being able to probably comfortably stand up in that box, um, she's also acted in Nickelodeon before. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's so, like, an actress. She's an actress. She has an acting background. Um, not that she's been in you know many silver screen roles, but as we were talking about, it's not a heavily speaking role. So I think kind of her learning curve w- going up there with the other actors would be just fine. Okay, but here, okay, here's an idea though. If this movie, what like in this new movie, it's probably gonna have like a totally different plot line. You know, mm-hmm. um, you cast Ariana Grande. And then she also gets to, like, infiltrate casinos because she's a pop star. Like, they found the tiniest <laughs> pop star that nice. can, like, go places they can because she's a pop star. It would be the Julia Roberts plot of Ocean's 12. Yeah, yeah. of Ocean's 12. Cast her as Ariana Grande. gymnast. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um well, my I, I I'm positive I chose the tallest person for this role, <laughs> but um I I look at looking at this role. My my favorite thing about this role, even though I do agree it's it's a little bit questionable, kind of how they handle this character. But I love the fact that everyone in this movie speaks Mandarin and understands this character, yet only <laughs> speaks to him in English. And he understands English. So they have all these conversations, and you only hear his side in Mandarin and their side in English. And I just think I love that aspect of it. And so I would want to cast someone who also only speaks a different language the whole time, and yet everyone understands it and yet speaks back to them in English. Um, and I would also want to cast a stunt person. Um, and so I recently, just finishing season two of, of Daredevil, um, Ila de Young, she she plays Electra in this, and she's also done really great work in um, G.I. Joe Retaliation, which is a terrible movie, but she's fantastic in it, as well as the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, she's a she's a French Cambodian actress who is phenomenal, and I think oh, she cool. she fit this role awesome. really well. Before we wrap up, if I want to quickly share that 2012 cast that like kept going yes. around. Yes. Okay, so just like a few of the key players. Um, again, this is back when like think of who was popular in 2012. Um, it was very comedy focused. Mm-hmm. So as Danny Ocean, they had Amy Poehler, um, and as Brad Pitt, they had Tina Fey. Yes, uh, of course. So of course. For your test role with Amy Poehler, of course they had Will Arnett. Rest in peace, that marriage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and then for the um, Catherine Zeta-Jones character, they had John Hamm, which I thought was ah, really, excellent. really brilliant. Wait, Catherine Zeta-Jones? She's in Ocean's, Ocean's Twelve. Well, oh, that's right. That's and right. plays off with Tina Fey, and yes. their chem- Tina Fey and John Hamm's chemistry with each other. Yes. And then the amazing. final thing about that that I want to share was that for the twins, they had casted Mindy Kaling and Ellie Kemper. Excellent. Oh, oh that would that'd be, be great. great. Pairing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's really fantastic. Yeah. If, if you're going towards a much more know, comedy right? yeah. route and less yeah. suave route. If, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if Paul Feig was, was directing this, this is that would be his cast. For exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for yeah. tonight, folks. Let's go ahead and wrap it up and tell people where they can get a hold of you. Um, you can find me on pretty much every social platform at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. But definitely go follow me on Snapchat because I'm having a lot of fun over there. 
And you can find me on basically every social media platform under Lawson West. That is my middle name, not a Kanye homage, although it's kind of leaning that more way. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lawson West um, on Twitter is where I spend most of my time. You can find me just about anywhere with the username uh, B-R-P-A-B-A, the first two letters of each of my names, Brent Parker Bailey. Uh, in particular, come find me on Letterboxd and get yourself your own account. I also spend most of my time on Twitter. You can find me at Lucas and Stuff. Follow me there. And definitely you can follow us at our podcast Twitter account, which is at Feeling It Pod. If you like this podcast, go ahead and rate it on iTunes uh, and leave us a review. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 